Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! F*** it! Do it live! I'll write it, and we'll do it live! What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. I guess finally, if you're watching live on YouTube. We always start at 9. We're actually early. All right, we're five minutes early. We try to be 30 minutes early. Mark Potash threatening to go to take the north. That's a great comment. I like this from Mike. Mike Swing Jr. How can Hogue still be a special teams coordinator when he's always moving the goalposts? I think that might be applied to something else. But (laughs) Hey. But we'll go to start times. If we've learned anything from coaches over the years, they're constantly changing the schedules. It's true. All the time. Bears coaches, at least. Yes. Even this week, it happened again. On on the day of, usually. Yes. It's okay. Right? Um, Yeah. You know, in our case, it's just life and kids and, you know, house things and all all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, anyway, I don't know if I don't even think we need to apologize because technically we're still early, I think. But we're here. Uh, we go, appreciate go, everybody. Go being with that here. thought. It's good yeah, most most importantly, we appreciate everybody being here. Um, and we are live, which you don't always do. But another addition, um, as we're kind of down to a one podcast a week situation here, uh, deep into the off season, but OTAs Rolling along, Johns and I were both there yesterday at Hallis Hall, and we got your uh, takeaways and even some news this morning that we'll discuss as well. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. And since I'm assuming that's the real Mark Potash, we can give Potsy a shout out too. I think we should at follow at Mark Potash for more comments like that because uh, he's really the best there is on Twitter, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> As long, as long as someone needs a screenshot, that that's awesome. Um, and uh, please rate and review the podcast. Uh, just please don't uh, you know ding us for being late or early or whatever we are. Uh, it helps spread the word. We're here. We're present. We appreciate We're it. We're accounted for. Hit the like button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. All that. And the merch is up at obviousshirts.com. And both of us are rocking that merch today. Boom. Love it. There have been good times throwing dimes out uh, at Bears OTAs. The offense continuing to look pretty decent. John Z, yesterday was a, a, like, I don't know, just a different practice than last week. Uh, it was a little bit shorter. There seemed to be less like true team reps to actually, you know, judge offense and defense on. But I did think it was no- noticeable and notable when they got into that two minute drill. All of a sudden it was like bing, bang, boom, fields the DJ Moore. Moving the football. You like to see that. Yep, yep. Can I read uh, from Kevin Fishbane real quick? Do we have to? Uh, I guess so. He turned us down today. Uh, he's busy, too. He's, he's a busy man. That's true. All right, here it is. And I quote Kevin Fishbane. This is on theathletic.com. It's, it's late May, early June. There aren't pads on. Players, including starters, are absent. It's voluntary OTAs, but it can still be notable to watch fields the offense in a two-minute drill to a touchdown, completing four passes along the way. 
two to wide receiver Dante Pettis, including the score, and two to DJ Moore, who showed off his hands to pluck one away from his body. Good to see. Good to read. You don't want to get too carried away with it, but it's so much better than like the, the alternative where they just look off. Chemistry isn't flourishing or blossoming, however you want to phrase it. It's good to see that the the number one ride receiver is producing at least this early, albeit in shorts. We had a commenter on CHGO yesterday remind us, and I appreciated it, that there was, I believe it was an OTA practice um, last year in which Justin Fields had a bad day. And we all reported in our various ways that we do so. I'm sure you guys wrote about it in The Athletic, and we talked about it on this podcast, and we talked about it on CHGO. It, it wasn't a good day. And Bears fans everywhere were mad. They were mad at us, mostly. Not mad at Justin. They were mad at us for, you know, so it's it, stating what we're seeing. It, it's just the, the so now we're seeing good things. And we're telling you about it. And and just like last year, you know, I think every single one of us who evaluated that bad practice said it's not the end of the world. It's one day, but it was a bad day. Same thing when it goes in training camp. You have good days. You have bad days. We're going to tell you about it right now. It's back to back weeks where. What I think is important, I tweeted this last night in a in an OTA thread I, I put out there. It hearing coaches and players rave about different vibes and Justin Fields coming and forget the name Justin Fields, just the quarterback. Let's call it the quarterback. It's looking good. Leadership. Vibes are different. That is not new this time of year. That is expected. What is new, at least in my opinion, feel free to push back, Johns, is that to me, in the limited sample size we've been able to see, those comments are being backed up on the football field with our own eyes that we're able to see. And in most years, in my experience covering this team, that's not the case. Usually it's, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky's coming around. Everything is looking good. You know, we're all in. We're this is the this is a group, the chemistry, you know, we're 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 making a run and and then you get out there and it's like this is just not how it's supposed to look for a team that really thinks that they're a Super Bowl contender, right? And um so I think that that's I think that's notable. That I it's being it was, backed up on the field. I'm looking for Cody Whitehair's quote because it was Mark Potash. Potsy, if you're still watching, another shout out to you. Who kind of oh, he's, he's probably long gone by now. <laughs> he's taking the north himself. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, we'll forget it for a second. He was he was asked if this is just natural, like springtime optimism, which yeah. you get quite often from coaches and players. And White here, who is in his eighth season here, essentially said yes, but it still feels different. It's the upgrades in talent. It's the having your Offensive coordinator here for the the second year in a row. It's Justin Fields looking better. So like it's there's some like vibes that feel similar to, to 2018 because I think they felt good, but I, I almost wonder if that was just the the newness of Nagy and that did pay off in, in, into a playoff well playoff appearance, not a playoff run. Thank you, Cody Parkey, but playoff appearance. 
you know, Khalil Mack helped really rejuvenate the team a bit. But just in terms of like feel good vibes, it's definitely different than the John Fox regime. I could tell you that. Yeah. Here's the quote I think you're looking for because he was asked, you know, is this really a better feeling or is it, you know, is this different? And he said, I mean, there's always that optimism this time of year, but you just feel it at the next level, I guess, if you will. Guys are really eager to get back. Guys are eager to work for each other. We've got the right pieces this year, really, to make a run. Um, I also thought it was interesting hearing Khalil Herbert talk about, and he said this on his own. He, he, he said, like, other guys on offense don't want Justin Fields to have to do it all by himself. It was like a, it almost felt like a self-realization that last year, like Fields had to put the team on his back in key moments and he took a beating at the same time. And there seems to be some pride behind the scenes that, you know, the rest of them got to pick it up. I just thought that was an interesting admission. See, like I, I get that point, but it's also Fields development that will take this team to that next level and that's what makes this this season I guess so different when, when you're trying to analyze it it's like it, it's his own process like his own developmental process of processing what he's seeing right like that's where the next step has to to come like so I, I get that he played hero a bit and what he did last year was outstanding and we, we've repeated it several times on this show like he did things that we haven't seen a Bears quarterback ever do last year just in terms of running the ball but passing the ball is where the progress has to come. So, like, I like the sentiment from Khalil Herbert, but Justin Fields could still help himself. And I think the Bears have done a good job of surrounding him with better help, but the next steps have to come from him, don't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and I guess that's like, at a minimum, at least we're not seeing evidence that that isn't happening. I know that was a double negative, but does that make sense? Like, we're not seeing concerns that 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 step is being delayed. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's going to definitely happen, which we're going to say a thousand times between now and September is we're not really going to know until the actual game starts. But as we go from OTAs to veteran minicamp to the start of training camp to preseason games, like each step along the way, you at least want to see Justin Fields checking off the boxes. You don't want to see the missed boxes, right? And so I think that's all that we're saying that is happening right now in OTAs, which is, Better than the alternative. A lot better than the alternative. Right. Can I read you what Alan Williams said? Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams on Justin Fields. He was asked what he's noticed during OTAs about the Bears quarterback. And I quote, A couple things. Leadership, because that's what you want in your quarterback. I see good decision making. That's what you want in your quarterback. I see improved accuracy. That's what you want in your quarterback. And how fast he's processing. I see how he has grown from last year to this year. And practice by practice by practice, he's growing. So you have to be encouraged when you see those things. What were your thoughts when you heard that? Um, like I, I just think it's, it's, it's the same as like anyone saying anything positive right now, right? You have to take it with a grain of salt. You want to believe it. Again, I just go back to I want to see it then on the field with my own eyes. 
which is why I feel like it's important for us to be there on the days that practices are open in the media between now and when the season starts, because at that point, then they're closed, right? And like Alan Williams said everything that you, like he sort of, he sort of hit all the talking points in there, right? In that quote. And he also admitted, I read and I listen to things. He said that in his press conference today too, which I think is cool, you know, cool for him to say. Um, it's better than lying like other coaches and players do. No, yeah, I don't, no, don't, I don't pay attention. Nah, you're lying. Yeah, yeah. You're, you are. Yeah. You're, you are. Um, My favorite story about that side story was like Patrick Kane always saying that he never read anything, but then walking by the locker room one day and like the door was open and there's Patrick Kane like literally going page by page the quotes. <laughs> or the, <laughs> the, the, uh, not the quotes, but the um, the articles of that day. Yeah. They all read. Did do... Do they still hand out the packet of of what everything's been written every day? I don't know. The Bears have, have never, in my experience, ever done okay. that. Probably yeah. because there's too much, and some of it they don't <laughs> they, they don't want to <laughs> print off. But the, the the Hawks always used to have like the uh, the they used to have like a nice cover sheet on it and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then the players could all read what everyone was saying. Um, yes. sorry, I stopped your thought. Go. No, no, I'm just saying, like, he, he sort of hit all the talking points in there. And so I always feel like there's, um, you know, somewhat of a PR spin in everything we hear these ta- this time of year. But, again, then you go out in the practice field, and I think you are seeing those things that Alan Williams said. So I want to I wanna take him, you know, at his word that that's a genuine thought that he has. There's no reason for us to think otherwise based on what we've seen in the two practices we've been able to watch. You know what I thought of when I read and heard Alan Williams quote? Because I, I read it first before I heard it. I missed that press conference. Um, when, yes, I asked, when I asked Vic Fangio a few years ago for his exact evaluation of what Alan Williams did, I'm Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from your perspective, Vic, as a DC, what do you think of Mitch Trubisky? And he defaulted to I'm not here to evaluate the quarterback position. I'm in charge of the defense. That's mm. what I thought of because wow. he didn't. He did not say what Alan Alan Williams said about Justin, Justin Fields. Like he didn't take the bait. Uh, probably <laughs> that tried, not. That I tried to give him. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, Vic. Straight shooter. Yeah, he that that's him holding his tongue as much as he pros- possibly can. Yes. Um, I want to say I asked that during a, a training camp as well. And yeah. It would be year two of Trubisky and Nagy where things, where Trubisky was taking shots, just wasn't connecting. Right. And right now we're seeing the connection for the most part. There was a couple last week that, that were missed, but, you know. I still think it's that that is interesting. Now, I just I also think that you got to point out that Vic and Alan Williams are very, very different the way that they talk to them. It's true. That's true. Alan's a lot harder to read, whereas Vic was like. Like he's calling out his own players. So funny. God, I miss Vic. Good for the Dolphins. That's one of the more underrated pickups of the entire offseason. He's got a lot of talent to work with there. That defense should be fun to watch. And they got enough on offense. Sorry, that that team's going to be interesting this year. Vic Fangio. Well, I think there's a whole story there on how he could have been in uh, 
could have been and should have been in Philly. There might have been some questionable rules uh, that may may or may not have been broken, so they couldn't really hire him. So then he goes to Miami, and then instead Philly goes and hires Sean Desai. Vic right Fangio, off the old tree, just go off the tree. So they still get the defense I think they wanted, but um, yeah. All right, other uh, things from the last couple of days. I always like looking at the rookies because it's the first time we're seeing them on the field with the rest of the team. It's one thing when they show up to rookie mini camp and they're the best players on the field um, because they were, you know, the draft picks and all the other guys are basically tryout players. Now they're on the field with the rest of the bears. And so you can kind of see who stands out. Um, Tyreek Stevenson getting an interception yesterday. I'm fields on fields. Um, and I like that John Hoke didn't like that. He double caught the ball. Someone asked him, forget who asked him. He said, what did you think about Tyreek Stevenson's interception? You know, he didn't catch it cleanly. It's good to have John Hoke back. Yeah, he's good. Throwback to the Lovey Smith era. Absolutely. Um, and then I thought Tyler Scott stood out yesterday, too. Like when the twos got on the field, like PJ Walker and Tyler Scott picked up right where Justin Fields and DJ Moore left off. In my experience, like the best thing about like when you notice the rookies is when you don't have to like strain your eyes to look for them. I just think about the the Kevin White experience and how we kept wanting to see more kind of right away, and then the whole injury thing happened. Maybe mm-hmm. we overrated what like Adam Shaheen started doing that year. Um, but some of the the flashes, like when Eddie Jackson started the flash, you saw a different player. Tariq Cohen, before he got hurt, when he started the flash as a rookie, you saw a different player. I think it's it's noteworthy when the rookies are noticeable, when they're making yeah. plays and they're doing things that are expected of them, especially with their draft selection, but you're, where you're not like forcing the issue and trying to, to find good things in terms of what they're doing. You're seeing it. They're giving it to you right away. Yeah. Um, on that note, and speaking of John Hoke, you know, a lot of times when you ask assistant coaches sort of open-ended questions to, hey, are there any players that stood out to you? They're going to be like, yeah, they all stood out, you know, because they, they don't want to single out players. Um, however, I thought it was notable, and I think it was Potsy who asked the question. He should be on this show. He, he's overdue for yeah, the appearance. At this point, he should just be on. Next um, week, Potsy. I think he said, I think the question was basically like, Hey, is there anyone we're not talking about that we should be? Um, and Hoke talked up Stevenson's like seemed like he got into the football IQ stuff, how he, how he's picking things up quickly. That's always a good sign for rookies early. But I'm bringing this up because there was a question in the comments already uh, from Torian. What's Terrell Smith doing? The uh, later round corner from Minnesota. And I'll be honest, he has not necessarily flashed to me on the field as much, but there's a lot of guys we're trying to watch all at the same time. And John Hoke specifically brought up Terrell Smith um, and and had some good things to say about him too. I have the quote here. Want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. 
Terrell Smith has done a really good job. He's got a chance to, really, to he's got a chance to really help us. He's got size. He's got speed. He's smart. I've been pleased with his progress for sure. I'm just talking really about the rookies. Kendall Williamson's done a nice job. He's another guy who's smart, knows the defense, was a communicator. The young guys have done good. The older guys, I'm getting to know them a little bit better. It's a good group of men. I do know that. They work well together, and they take coaching, which is huge. But Terrell Smith, those were the first two words of his answer. Yeah. So, um, what, you know, I, I this is more seven-on-seven seven t- time of year, so I always like to talk more about, you know, passing game and uh, on the flip side, how, how are the cornerbacks looking? How are the DBs looking? I, I, I think that... Um, and and to the Bears' credit, they're working more on the passing game right now than the run game. Although they did have quite a long uh, inside run period yesterday, but um, you know, once the pads go on, I think we can tell a lot more because you know, you got people asking about Darnell Wright. It's hard to tell when they're not wearing pads. I mean, I, I'll say this: I don't think it's there's been anything bad. Like there was one rep yesterday. So every once in a while, you get a rep where you're like, that was a bad rep from a lineman. Um, Because it was just so bad, it really stood out. And there was one time where Braxton Jones ended up on the ground yesterday and looked mad at himself. Um, But I haven't seen that from Darnell Wright at all. And that's, again, same thing like, you know, just checking boxes. It's it's better than the alternative. If he's out there looking lost in OTAs, then you start to get really worried. Yeah, what you Uh, you see is a massive human being who can move. Yes. (laughs) That's really Yeah, he's got shorts on, but you know what? He can move. You know what's also an absolute tank Andrew Billings yeah I mean that dude is huge that's an inch I know I brought him up a couple times but that's it that that signing has me very intrigued it's just sort of they're gonna need to get something out of him well right I mean but to me he is he is here to uh, allow the linebackers to to run free because, and same thing with Javon Dexter. You put Javon Dexter and Andrew Billings out there together. <laughs> that's just like you, you like automatically have three gaps covered immediately. It's impressive. It was interesting to talk to defensive line coach uh, Travis Scott yesterday about the um, like the young defensive tackles, or just how this is going to be coaching cliche talk about how they're building them from the ground up. But literally, how they're changing their stances from college, and how that could be a process, just in terms of where their weights shifted. Uh, Travis got mentioned multiple times that they're in. They're, this is a different scheme than what Dexter and Pickens were in college. Yeah, they're required to do different things. He described it as being more vertical. Obviously, they want penetration from those guys. They want them in the backfield. They didn't always have to do that in college. The responsibilities were different, so that's why they're shifting their stances, changing their stances, getting them used to what they want to do, to have that explosion. Coach speak, but I think you see the the athletes that the Bears have out there. Like that's not hard to to miss. It's the size and the athleticism. Like Darnell Wright has it. I think you see it right away in Dexter and Pickens. I think what encourages me too is that with that. Um you know, change in scheme. It's one thing for the bears to say like, Hey, we think this is going to fit them better. But like when we had Florida's 
D-line coach on, on our CHGO show, and he even said, he's like, yeah, that's going to be a better fit for him than what we are doing. Like, that carries even more weight to me because um, he could have gone the other way and, like, been very defensive about how he used him. And he was like, no, yeah, he's probably going to be better off there. You look at how, you know, his size and athleticism. And then, again, going back to what we see with our own eyes, I thought even in rookie minicamp you could see that that Dexter was getting off the ball faster than what his tape showed. Um, and I haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise in, in OTAs. So, and that's that's something you can look at, right? You can look at the speed. Um, Alan Williams mentioned Dexter's speed. They look at the GPS and all, just how fast he is. So those are things you can still look at in OTAs even without the pads. So I think, I think that's encouraging too. That he's talking about. Yeah. A defensive lineman... Who is six foot six, three hundred and twelve pounds? <laughs> According to the Bears roster here, a lot of big so those, dudes. So those are those their official measurements. <laughs> Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F One Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F One headlines in fifteen minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying, or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind-the-scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. All right. Should we talk about Jalen Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, we, I know you had some thoughts on on this in your newsletter, and then he he was on the radio this morning. Yeah, um, and we got some information yesterday that I thought was very relevant um, too to this whole thing. So, I mean, it's always interesting to me when guys are not there in OTAs. And the point of my newsletter this morning is just like every situation is different. It it, it really is. It, it it depending on the contract, depending on you know, how many years are left on the contract, depending on the player's history with the team, depending on how he's viewed in the locker room, depending on what position he plays. Like, it really is a case-by-case basis. And first of all, just so everybody understands, the reason why the Jalen Johnson thing has become the story it is is because his situation fits possible contract holdout. Whether he's doing that or not, you got a young player, good player who's going to get paid by somebody eventually. How much that is, don't know yet. Might depend on how he plays this year. But when a player, just like Roquan Smith last year, in his situation is skipping practices or not there in the voluntary portion, yes, voluntary, it's still notable, right? And when the coaches choose not to really comment on it, it adds fuel to the fire. Um, but deep down, I don't care who the player is. The coaches want them there. They can't make them be there, but they want them there. And whether or not they should be is entirely different discussion, and again, a case-by-case basis. Lamar Jackson not showing up the first day of Baltimore Ravens OTAs when he just got paid the highest player in the NFL when they're installing a new offense. 
If I was in Baltimore, I would have been ranting and raving about how ridiculous that is. Dude, you are the quarterback. You need to be there. And then he's been there. Okay, cool. With Jalen Johnson, I guess let's the news we got this morning, which we'll share that, and then I'll I'll I want to hear what you have to say about it, Johns. But Jalen Johnson was on uh, ESPN's morning show uh, with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams. Uh, and Max. Is it Ma- Max Kellerman? Mm-hmm. Um, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Yeah, and he said, uh, this is good news for the Bears. Jalen Johnson said he will for sure be at OTAs next week after missing the first two weeks. He said, quote, I had a lot of things off the field going on. Said that he's been uh, spending time with his young daughter back in Fresno, California. This is all courtesy of Courtney Cronin, by the way. Um, She also added that uh, he's been creating different business opportunities and fundraisers for his nonprofit. Uh, Is it Kevis Vision Project? I'm sorry if I'm saying that name wrong. It honors his friend, Kevion shrub who was killed by gun violence in 2021 which is a uh, sad story that we have previously covered but that was one of his really really good friends um so there you go there's the reasoning he's gonna be back next week he says he's spending time with his daughter yep um which is something i brought up a couple times in this whole thing like the reality is some of these players live down the street from alice hall they can get there. like, And I mean in the winter. Some of them do. Most of them probably don't. I would say the majority don't live in the area. But there are a number of players that decide to stay in the area and live very close. A lot easier for them to be at OTAs without disrupting their families. Others choose to live in other areas. And uh, J- Jalen Johnson's case, he lives in Fresno, California. That's where he's from. And that's where his daughter is. And I, I brought this up yesterday, but like even last year when the Bears had the mini buy, when he did his interview on 670 score the next day after the Washington game, he was already back in California hanging out with his daughter on his lap during that interview. And so everybody's situation's different. Um, I'm I'm not totally convinced that this, you know, has nothing to do with the contract. And I think that there's still, you know, a conversation that can be had about whether or not he should still be there, but at least we have more context now. And as John Hoke told us yesterday, he has been zooming into meetings. He has been watching practice film. He's been texting with questions. Um, and at least on the surface, that doesn't sound like a guy who's holding out. He was asked on the on ESPN radio about his, well, his mindset with the potential extension coming or at least having those conversations. So let me read this from a Courtney story. This is Jalen Johnson. Honestly, for me, it used to be a lot of pressure. I even say for me going into my third year, I felt like that was the year for me to put up, put myself out there to be able to have a new contract, to be able to re-up. For me, it's just about going, going out and being who I am. I know I could be a dominant corner. I am a dominant corner in this league, following number one wide receivers and just finding ways to continue to do my job at a high rate, continue to be a better teammate, continue to find ways to win. So it's obviously on his mind. Um... My thoughts on the matter, when it's voluntary and like the like almost the entire team is there, it's always a storyline of who's not there, whether it's injury like Darnell Mooney or Eddie Jackson, potentially Nate Davis, right? 
he didn't he didn't finish the year out last year. I think it was an, an ankle injury, right? Um, mm-hmm. There seems to be less clarity on that than the other players I mentioned there. But again, they're not there. They're going to be asked about. It's notable and it's noteworthy in a sense. So when you have like almost the entire team there, like 95% of the team there, 90% of the team there, it's always noteworthy who's not there, especially if it's a starter, especially if it's one going into the final year of a season, and especially if it's one who was previously mentioned wanting a contract extension, which he did at the Super Bowl, did he not? Yeah. He told wasn't, us, wasn't that with you? Yeah. He's, yeah. He said that. He told us right there on standing on uh, Radio Row that he ideally would like to have his extension before the the season, which, duh, right, right? Like, that's not that's yeah. good Good for him. He should he should want that. I don't know if he's going to get it, but that uh, any player would want that security before the season starts, before they throw their body out there on the field. Yeah, see, I, and, and I don't mind him missing this for, I should say this, I don't mind him missing voluntary work, and, and that's a key word, they're voluntary, to spend time with family. I'm on leave right now to spend time with family and to spend time with everybody watching on YouTube right now. This is your leave from leave. This is my leave from leave. My my daughter's upstairs napping. So we got about like 15 minutes before she wakes up. But like, I get it. Totally get it. Um, But at the same time, it's like your coaches want you there. And I think they've kind of conveyed that. And now they expect them there next week. He should be there next week. So... You don't want to like overcomplicate this or overanalyze this um, too much, but I, I would just say it's always noteworthy, like who's not at OTAs, especially when the word voluntary is, is is used, and you know the coaches want everybody there. Yeah, and and I will say this, like if he, if Jalen Johns really got you know this other stuff that he's been, you know, that's important to him. I don't think this is the worst way he's handling this. Like, I think it's, I, I think it, it's almost like symbolic in a, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? But showing up for the last week of OTAs is, is almost like extending an olive branch. I feel like, you know, like a compromise. That's that's probably the word to use. Like, yeah, it's a good way to put he, it. He's he's not just waiting until he has to be there so he doesn't get fined. He's he's still going to show up the last week, um, and he has every right to protect himself too. Like we should make that clear. He wants that extension. Weird injuries can happen. Yeah, no reason to risk his own financial future because of voluntary practices in May. Which is a good point. He may be there next week, but not practicing. Remember, Roquan was hanging around training camp last year, but not practicing. That was a true hold in. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the new strategy, right? Hold in. So I'll just say this. I'm not 100% sure that the story is just kiboshed this morning and over with. I think that's important. I I, I know there's some people out there. I think the media is taking, like, you know, talking about this too much. I think we've, in my opinion, handled this. By bringing up every different well, scenario, to, to use his own words, if he's a he wants to be a dominant cornerback, views himself as a dominant cornerback, and dominant cornerbacks usually get paid handsomely. Yeah, it's a and, premium and the, position. And by the way, ultimately, all that matters is what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus think about this whole thing. Yeah, and the head coaches had opportunities to be like, "Yeah, no, he's taking some things. He, you know, taking care of things at home, and and uh, he has our full support." 
He no. hasn't said that. Instead, he's opening up his press conferences, thanking the players for being there. Yes. I, I think Flus, through not saying from what he has said and what he hasn't said, has made it very clear, um, you know, his position on the guys who aren't here. And, and so you can say it doesn't matter, but I don't know. It kind of feels like it still does. And I and that ultimately is why this is a story. We don't have to keep talking about, it, but I that's why it has been. So well, last last year he wasn't here either, right? It took him a while to to come to OTAs as well, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Remember, he started yeah. as a backup. Yeah, eventually that's, well, his that, playing time. And, and Karn brought that up yesterday that I kind of forgot about, like the fact that they put him out there with the twos still seems year. notable. We should throw Potsy's comment up here too. Um, Mark Potash, because you know this is just his his opinion. He says, voluntary or not, there's a responsibility to be there for all the other teammates who manage to volunteer. Uh, players get plenty of time off in the offseason, and he's under contract. Mark I mean, Potash is joining the show next week. You got that, Potsy? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, technically, that contract says he doesn't have to be there right now, but I do. I I do, and I and I I. I if it's I have to lean bargain contract that includes voluntary language, yeah. But if I lean one way or the other on this, I tend to agree with Potsy, like, and and probably agree with what the coaches believe, which is like, look, you you're getting paid a lot of money to be on a football team, and if you want even more money in the future, like, we're out here working, we're all as a team trying to get to a Super Bowl. And that's why this is always is a story in the offseason and why in some cases, like I wrote in my newsletter this morning, it matters more than others. I'm not so sure it matters with Nate Davis. It's a little weird. Typically, when players sign with a new team, you see them there. They get acclimated. I thought Cody Whitehair made a good point yesterday. This guy knows the offense. He's played in the system before. I still think it's a little odd. I also don't think it necessarily matters that your right guard isn't in OTAs compared to certainly a quarterback, but even a cornerback. But if someone else wants to say that, you know, they're trying to gel on the offensive line and that chemistry matters, I, I'm, I'm willing to hear that side of the argument too. Yeah. Well, there, there seems to be maybe some potential injury thing going on there, but the Bears have provided less clarity mm-hmm. on that. Now, that, be, that could be because he's a new player, a veteran player. And Matt Eberflus doesn't like talking about injuries, and we all know about Darnell Mooney's and Eddie Jackson's, and we don't have that much background on what happened to Nate Davis, but the Bears do. That's where you would like to see some clarity provided, at least by by the coaches and stuff. Well, and that's even in the case of Eddie Jackson. Is I I, I don't, especially a veteran that's been around that long. I, if if he's really been around, you know, as we learned yesterday, I I I don't know why they don't make that more clear. The you know if the guys who are there and they're just rehabbing from injury. Um, like we've kind of known that about Darnell Mooney, but I think Eddie Jackson was still sort of a question mark. You almost owe it to the player. I feel like to give that clarity because otherwise there's, there's, you know, more speculation there. I don't know. It's a complicated deal. Yeah. Google, Google user, Google, Google. I say that right. Google user as a good point here. I mean, they moved Tevin for Nate. Um, it's in the comments. Mm-hmm. Good point. I'll say this though: I like that the Bears aren't working Tevin Jenkins at right guard at all. 
since that's going to be like he's your he's your starting left guard now. And every single rep that I've seen at practice, every picture that I've seen, like he's at left guard. Like every rep matters for Tevin Jenkins there, and he seems to have embraced what's coming for him on the left side. Um, I will also say that it's been really good experience for to Tyree Carter with Nate Davis not there. You can say the same thing about the young corners. You know, they're they're getting an opportunity. Um and it's their opportunity to impress, which is again for players who aren't there. It's kind of the risk you're taking when when you're not there. So all right. Anything else we need to hit? No. No. Yeah. Um like Chase Claypool set out with the soft tissue thing. Yeah, Torian's asking right here, how's Claypool looking? Need to hear and see more of Fields to Claypool yeah. as well. Yeah, he sat out yesterday. Yeah, we didn't see him. It didn't seem like a big deal. Soft tissue stuff. It's the uh, official injury report designation from Matt Eberflus. Um, but it really sounded minor. Like they're just being and He was out of practice walking around a bit. I will say, though, like Claypool, just like Tevin Jenkins, you brought up. The reps matter this time of year. You want to see them continue to build that chemistry. So um, that was certainly one of those numbers you circled on the roster sheet yesterday when you saw that he wasn't practicing. Yeah, without a doubt. Again, going back to every situation is different. If Claypool hadn't been at OTAs, imagine the freak out about that one. So... And that's he's, another he's, guy. He's in the final year of his contract. He's in the final year of his contract. So Claypool was holding out. Imagine that story. Um. So it, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else. I think that's pretty much it, though. We've covered it. Um. I will say, compared to most years, I offensively like it. It feels more optimistic than in the past. At least at this point. Just compare it to last year at this time. Again, it looks better. It looks how it should look this time of year. We'll put it that way. And in most years, I've covered this team and does not look how it's supposed to look. Well, I felt like last year was supposed to look choppy at times because everything was new. There wasn't exactly a number one wide receiver. This year is year two in the system. Luke Etsy is back. Andrew Janoko is back. And he got DJ Moore. And he looks like he could be the number one wide receiver that's been missing. <laughs> yeah, DJ Moore looks good. Yeah. There's a headline for you. DJ Moore looks like the best wide receiver we've seen out there in a long, long time. It's practice. Some of the guys he's going against are rookies and other reserves. But you know what? It's better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. If he was looking bad, if Justin Fields wasn't connecting with him in the back of the end zone in seven and sevens for a highlight reel plays that are now on social media I think the feelings would be different which again if you're a coach wouldn't you love to see Jalen Johnson going up against DJ Moore one-on-one in practice right now Um, which maybe we'll see it next week or maybe we won't because he'll be there but he's not practicing I guess you'll just have to stay tuned and we'll have you covered next week Um, (laughs) and I think there's only one way to end this show with another Mark Potash comment. He's, he kicked us off. He's going to end us now with this. Uh, good show. I almost forgot the Bears won three games last year. <laughs> 
It's the absolute best. Nobody likes a rebuild. <sighs> Including Cody Whitehair. It's true. And definitely David Montgomery. Definitely. But don't worry. He's going to Detroit now. Because they have a long history of winning. Don Burr. A lot of like uh, Detroit talk in the comments. Well, Don Burr's in the comments. He does this thing where he just hijacks the whole comment. He trolls everyone, and then everybody talks about the Lions the whole show. It's a brilliant <laughs> strategy because everybody engages with it. Ah, yeah. We've had. I've never. I've never seen this much Pistons talk uh, in a Hogan Johns episode ever in the comments. That is because they hired Monty Williams. Which I read about in the athletic newsletter this morning. Ah. There you go. Otherwise, I didn't even know that happened. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read John Z, read Fishbane uh, in the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me at allchgo.com. That's where you go to become a diehard. And you can get my newsletter uh, as well. Uh, I've had a couple this week, and um, we'll continue to pump those out throughout the offseason. So appreciate it. Uh, everyone for their support. Appreciate you guys being here live. If you were, if not, maybe you're watching later on YouTube, whatever, whenever you are, just make sure you're subscribed. Hit that like button. Uh, hit the notification so you know when we do go live, especially because on this show, it's a little bit sporadic and uh, you don't know if we're late or we're early or we're on time, quite frankly. <laughs> Usually we're a little bit late. Usually. Today we're early yeah. or late if you saw my tweet at 8.30 this morning. Yeah. It was, the, it was that tweet that... It did it, but it was also mostly my fault. I'll admit it. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week. Again, uh, another OTA open to the media, and uh, we will recap it for you next Thursday. We'll talk to you then. See ya. Hoag. 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 Hoag.